This time it actually did a countdown before I went on. Good morning, everyone. There's always something going on with Facebook as far as I'm concerned. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We appreciate you being here. Uh, we appreciate you just joining us and spending time with us this morning. It's a, a very cold and snowy morning uh, here, but uh, I'm prayerful that in your hearts there's sunshine and that you're recognizing the presence of Jesus Christ where you are. I'm going to go ahead and get started with some music to allow people to jump on with us. We are indeed going to play Psalm 23, another uh, old-time favorite. Um, people in Psalms featuring Josh Sherman, so uh, join in with us. And good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Ronnie. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. Cup of coffee. That's right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bev Parkman, good morning. Good morning. Clarinda, good morning. Good morning to you. Yeah, Lynn, you, had, you should have seen when I pushed the button. It's a bunch of countdown. Three, two, one. Okay. It's like, okay, that's a new one. Amen. Laura, good morning. You are on my heart this morning as well as Miss Parkman. Good morning. Ann and Larry, good morning. Welcome back. Welcome back to Sunday School. Amen. Our friends uh, Nate and Marnell are in Delaware right now with Miss Taylor. Um, Somebody just shout Jesus so. right there. So no Pacific time zone right now as far as we know. <laughs> Cindy, good morning. Amen. Every day that goes by is one day closer to seeing him. Amen. One day closer. Good morning. 
How are you, buddy? Hallelujah. I pray that as you as you live and as you get older and get more to say older and wiser, you sense the Lord's presence more and more each day, every day. That's really important. I pray that you're doing that very thing. Amen. Good, Roscoe. Glad to hear it. Really important. What would we do without the Holy Spirit living within us? Wouldn't be very good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It would not be good at all. Spirit gives us the ability to recognize God's presence. Interesting devotional this morning I was listening to about how does God speak to you? What do you hear? You know, sometimes when he speaks, it's very soft. At least for me it is. It's a very soft voice. It's a voice that's supposed to be bringing comfort in the midst of speaking, even if it's when you're being reprimanded. Um, God is not the kind of God that yells. Um, I just don't get that sense at all. It's a very calm voice, recognizing his presence. because it uh, would go on another minute or so and we don't want to take away too much time from Sunday school. But uh, that again was uh, Psalm 23, I Am Not Alone. Um, that's from People and Songs featuring Josh Sherman, uh, another old-time favorite of ours, which we'll keep recycling and circling into our Sunday school mornings because we, I think it's really healthy. It's really good for us to listen to music in the morning before we get started and get into the mindset of truly worshiping and praising the Lord. We didn't do it before in Sunday school until we got into the March of 2020, the pandemic. And I have a feeling we're going to keep doing this uh, even after we get back into the building and have our live broadcast there at some time in the not too distant future. Let's leave it there. Um, uh, if for those of you who are worshiping with us online today, please stay uh, online after Sunday school and the message by Pastor Gus Brown, The Rapture, which is the first in the series of messages about the rapture, 
there's just all this end time talking, man. Uh, end time discussions. There's uh, a lot of places where we're looking and turning. And I believe a lot of the end time discussions really started, I think, during the pandemic. I think it was started then. And yeah, there was some additional ratcheting up of that when we got into the uh, Russia-Ukraine uh, situation. But let's let's just keep in mind that uh, the end times are going to be something that we um, certainly don't necessarily want to look forward to if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think that's the important thing. If you know the Lord, that's fine. Uh, and it's our responsibility to preach the gospel and speak the gospel to others. So his message will be taking place um, online here immediately following Sunday School. It will also be uh, presented at church in Akron for those of us in Akron, Ohio, in the Akron, Ohio area. Uh, travel mercies to everyone going out today because it's um we heard the plow truck come and plow and put some salt down and uh i was looking outside that's what i was doing so um it it it, it the roads look okay from here but i can't speak for that for everywhere so just be careful going out today and bundle up because it's in the 20s and it's gonna be in the 20s all day long hey. <laughs> move on and I say that because you laugh sometimes to keep from crying. Amen? So <laughs> please remember your tithes and offerings. <laughs> please remember your tithes and offerings. Um, we appreciate all your contributions and, and everything that you're doing to help keep the church uh, functioning and moving forward. We've got a lot of great things that are happening at our church in the in the future, and we just want to be available for the Lord for service. But your tithes and offerings make a uh, are a huge help in that area. Uh, for if you're mailing your tithes and offerings, please mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you remembering that and taking care of that each week. We uh, we couldn't do it without you. We, your prayers certainly matter as well too. But we we ask that you just continue to pray for our church and pray for all the members. Pray for the people, like I mentioned, those of us who are getting online because we're recovering uh, from injuries or falls or anything like that. We are lifting prayer, lifting you up in prayer. I'm not going to mention you by name right now. We've kind of covered that before. I don't want to overdo that. But we, 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 you know who you are and we know who you are. Amen. Uh, and the Lord certainly knows who you are. Okay. And with that in mind, we are back after it again for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. We're going to get back into biblical inerrancy and have uh, uh, further discussions about biblical inerrancy. We're kind of moving around a little bit only because there's been a lot of great sources of uh, information that talk about this subject without uh, talking over anyone's head. It just kind of gets you right back uh, to what using common sense and logic about things when it comes to what the Lord is doing for us and how he's proclaiming his word to us. This particular study is going to be focusing time on the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at what the Old Testament has to say and giving credit where credit is due. Uh, it is adapted. This is adapted from the subject Biblical Inerrancy, the Historical Evidence by Norman Geisler. He wrote a book in 2013 and Norman Geisler gets the credit for this, so, but it's great because it, it, it makes a lot of great points as we look at what it, uh, Old Testament scripture has to say. And we're going to have one New Testament scripture we're going to refer to just to uh, highlight what it says in the Old Testament. But let's go ahead and get going with 
uh, Sunday School. Let's go ahead and get started by looking to the Lord with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you and give you all praise for your very presence this morning. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your presence that calms us and gives us what we need right now to have focus on you and your word. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for the constant reminders of your presence. We pray, Lord, that we just have the mindset to allow the Spirit to lead in our lives to readily call upon you at any given moment when we need you. And Lord, and when we don't necessarily need you, but we just welcome your presence as we move about and as we go, uh, go through different things. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do. And Lord, we give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, let's get into the study about the Old Testament. And I, I want to just give you some information here that some of this you've heard before only because it's great reinforcement, but we want to make sure that uh, you be prepared to turn your Bible's uh, pages quite a bit or do some flipping with your electronic device because we've got a few passages to look at, and I want you to go through these with me, and, we'll, and, and I hope that this will help you to really see um, about God's truth. First of all, um, as a reminder, turn your Bible's electronic devices to Matthew chapter 5, verses 18. Matthew chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. I'm looking at the uh, new, or pardon me, the English Standard Version here, but this is just a reminder about when we make the claims about biblical inerrancy, we make these claims based upon <clears throat> information and how the Bible does not contradict itself. It, it, it complements, uh, the words are complemented throughout. And what I want you to see here is that the Bible gives the claim for itself that every word is true. It is all rooted in truth. And that's a comfort for all of us knowing and understanding that we are relying upon God's word, this communication that he gives to us. That is the way God communicates with us through his word. It is, he does speak to us, but honestly, what he speaks to us about, it, it's rooted in what? His word. His word is the foundation of everything that we understand about who God is. We and and we don't really we only can scratch the surface but God reveals to us who he is through his word. Matthew 5 verses 18 and 19 I want you to understand what it says here for truly I say to you until heaven and earth pass away not an iota not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Remember how we wrote that before we had the jot and the tittle reference uh that's given in the King James version. And then verse 19, therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. It, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for each and every one of us to make sure that we are recognizing God's word is truth. Everything that we're seeing here, everything we see in his word is truth, and we can bank on it. We can rely upon it. We can continue to look at it from a standpoint where there anything that is contradictory to it uh, is frankly contradictory to what God would be telling us. Um, the Holy Spirit, and why is it true? The Holy Spirit, uh, coming from the mouth of God, he cannot lie. He cannot lie. We have seen examples of that. I think Titus chapter 2, uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 2 says that 
Titus 1 verse 2 uh, specifically says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. Uh, you, know, you might be asking the question, if you're skeptical about that, how can God never lie? Well, that's not his essence. That's not his character. There's a message coming in my future that talks about three things that are very important about why we should believe what God tells us. Uh, one is because of his character, uh, because of his consistency. He, his word is extremely consistent. There is nothing inconsistent about it. And because of his communication. All three of those things are, are definitely something that we need to keep in mind as we look at studying the Lord. So because of that, he has final divine authority in whatever it teaches, whether it be historical, scientific, or spiritual. All of these things, he has the final authority. Um, we, man has come up with ways to certainly give more a greater emphasis to history, to science, or even spiritual matters. Uh, they will try to say that you don't need God in order to be more spiritual. Well, that is uh, a lie, honestly. Your spirituality, if you're basing it upon your own way of thinking, your own fleshly uh, mannerisms, you are living in sin. And you, if you're not relying upon the Lord, when you call yourself spiritual, well, you're just uh, believing a lie from Satan, honestly. And that's what we, you have to understand that that's really what's taking place here. Your spirituality should be going right to the foundation of Jesus Christ, the foundational word of Jesus Christ, the foundation, the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And so this applies, this divine authority in the word, it applies, of course, to the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're going to focus on the Old Testament because we're going to look at what some prophets have said. <clears throat> they expressed it orally, and it was later put into written form. There were recorders. There were people who were recording uh, this information. And some verses refer to specific parts of the existing Bible and only by extension to the whole Bible. So when we look at the origin of Scripture, we always come back to the fact that uh, the words, these or this origin comes from the words of God. Turn to Aaron Turn to Exodus, excuse me, turn to Aaron. Turn to Exodus. There's no book of Aaron. Exodus, <laughs> that's because my mind is moving ahead. We're going to look at the words of Aaron. Exodus 4, verse 30. Uh, my wife is reminding me just to keep moving. and Slow down. Slow down a little bit. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to have a sip of coffee <laughs> in between everything. Mmm. That's delicious. Okay, so Exodus chapter 4, verse 30. I'll tell you. Um, let's make sure I get to Exodus 4, verse 30. Verse 30, this is, I'm giving you the English Standard Version. I think um, my bride put up the New Living Translation. I'm not sure, but I can't tell. Yeah. Um, okay, but it says, Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. Understand that, He's conveying here in this in his word that everything that the Lord said was being conveyed to the people. Remember, um, Moses was the one who who had the word received initially, and then Aaron. I guess Moses conveyed that information to Aaron. Then Aaron spoke it as well too, and gave it gave all the information to the people of God, the people who needed to hear it, whether they were listening or not. That's what happened, and and so we need to recognize that, and. Let's face it, um, it's, it's very important for us to see, you know, the first five books of the Bible, 
Uh, Moses is involved with those and had been as far as writings are concerned. And so we need to recognize that too. So he was merely conveying the information that God had given to him. And it was recorded. Now, here's another interesting point. Look at Deuteronomy 4. Try and move through the here where we're not delaying too much. Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. This is a, a very, this verse is not a very long verse, but it's a very, very important verse. I want you to see this for what it really is. It says, uh, you shall not add, in Deuteronomy 4, verse 2, you shall not add to the word I command, that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Who wrote this? Who composed this? Moses did. That's for everyone's information. You do not change the word. Where else can we find something like this? Go to the back of your Bible, Revelation 22. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. Literally, within the last five verses of the Bible, do we see this reminder? This is a reminder for everyone when we look at it. If you're reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to the back of the Bible and you look at this. And, of course, the Revelation is the end times that uh, are written about the, the end of the end times uh, as we recognize it. But look what it says in Revelation 22:18 and 19. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add him to the plagues described in this book. Add to add to him. I didn't read it right. You're right. Add to him the plagues described in in this book. And then verse 19. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Okay. So this is a reminder, and of course this is referring specifically to the book in Revelation of the Revelation, but it really applies to everything in Scripture. It applies to all entire Bible. We don't add or take away anything. We leave it where it is. It stands on its own. It doesn't need embellishment. It doesn't need anything additional. Understand something. I, I've had some people who have criticized, I think, some modern versions of the Bible, like the message. Um, and the message, you know, I, there's different people who have different views about that. Some people think that the message is a great book to read because it's great for the modern times and for people for greater understanding. And that very well may be true. Uh, but I challenge everybody to make sure that they go back to and reference and cross-reference what is in the message to what the English Standard Version says or what even the New Living Translation says, which is the most dynamic of all the versions of the Bible that I would endorse personally um, uh, as far as dynamic equivalence because it, it does a very good job of, of converting the old King's English into modern readable versions of the Bible. But be cautious about relying upon one particular version of the Bible that's modern, I yes, it can promote greater understanding, but I want to make sure that you understand that there's been criticism about the message because it doesn't uh, necessarily, it may embellish a lot. We want to be cautious about that. So just be mindful of that. I, I, I welcome anybody to ask questions about that because I'd love to see what their take is on it. But 
my idea is that if you'd stay with the word as it's written here, as we as we have in the versions that we have given, the NIV, the English Standard Version, the New Living Translation, you can't go wrong. You're going to be right in the ballpark where you need to be as understanding as far as understanding God's word. Now let's get back to where we were about the words coming from God. Go to Isaiah 59:21. Let's take a look at that. Isaiah 59:21 is a long verse. I remember how I, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't. I'm not sure if I mentioned Isaiah, but uh, I believe that Isaiah, you know, had visions of God. Uh, he had visions that God gave to him, and for all indications, uh, he spoke to Isaiah very, you know, softly and gently as well too. So, look what it says in Isaiah 59:21, and understand that these words are indeed from the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from the mouths of their descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. Now, notice how I said spirit on you. That's, that's a really interesting statement because that was before the spirit was dwelling within people. The spirit was indeed present. But you see how even in that truth, we recognize that God is indeed speaking. He is giving us information that helps us. And he's telling us that because the Spirit is present, because he is giving the words to be spoken here, those words will indeed remain and they will, be, and they will depart if you just keep passing that information on. The covenant is there. They will depart. Uh, they will not depart from your mouth, or from the mouths of your children, or to, from the mouths of their descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. That means that the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who imparts wisdom to us um, because of Jesus Christ giving the Spirit to us, and because of that, we have the Word with us forever. That is a, a wonderful thing to recognize. And good morning, Ed. Thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate you very much. Okay, let's keep moving here. Jeremiah 26, verse 2. Jeremiah 26, verse 2. Just to keep things moving. Jeremiah 26, 2. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house, and speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord. All the words that I command you to speak to them, do not hold back a word. <laughs> Don't leave anything out. <laughs> Make sure that everything that you're conveying is directly from, you're saying is from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord, all the words that I command you to speak to them, do not hold back a word. Understand something. If the word is spoken, someone eventually has to record it, don't they? Someone has to eventually write this, this information down for us to see. Okay. All right. So that, those are the words from God. The words are coming directly from God. We want to see that and understand that. And that's part of the origin of Scripture. Another way that we see the origin of Scripture is that it's conveyed through humans... Um, yes, it was given the word to come from God, but then it was conveyed through the humans. Take a look at what it says in Deuteronomy 18.18. 18. Deuteronomy 
18. Deuteronomy 18, 18. I will raise up a prophet. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. He is conveying his information, his word, God is, through human beings. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. That's in 2 Samuel 23, 2. 2 Samuel 23, 2. Is, do you know that the Lord had a conversation with Samuel? The Lord had ongoing dialogue with Samuel. And his word was on my tongue. That's a, that's a beautiful passage, by the way, uh, looking at it for what it is. To have that kind of relationship with the Lord where you're having regular communication with him. Um, it's just very special indeed, isn't it? Uh, go to Second Chronicles thirty four fourteen. I'm putting, I'm putting my, no, I'm putting my bride to work over here. She's doing a lot of moving. But I told you what was going to happen. I, like I didn't, I've warned everybody. We're going to go through these words, right? So this is like, that's right. <laughs> Second Chronicles thirty four fourteen. While they were bringing out the money that had been brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah, the priest, found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. There's the written word there. It was conveyed. And so Hilkiah, you know, gave the book to Shaphan, and Shaphan took the book to the king, if you read later on. And, and when, they, when the king read the word, because we, the people basically were not being obedient to the Lord, he tore his clothes. If you read further along in Second Chronicles 34, you see that. The... At the end of the day, your behavior, what we do, how we look at things, still has to come back to the Word of God. We've got to look to the Word of God and make sure that we are indeed obedient to the Word. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's happening in the world today. I don't care what uh, signs and wonders we're seeing out there. The bottom line is that God's Word is what we need to be focusing on at all times. And we don't let... Um, the people of the word, the policy, the world, the policies of the world dictate how we live. We live according to what Jesus tells us. We do not live according to what the world gives us. Uh, if, if, the, if the world tells us to be disobedient to the Lord, that's where we draw the line. That is exactly what we need to keep in mind as we go through life. And understand something. We can choose to also be disobedient to the Lord, can't we? I'm going to have you take a look at um, Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 7, verse 12. The one thing we need to recognize here about how the Lord works is that he, we are free agents. We are free to do what we choose to do. We have free will. I call them free agents like in sports. Go to Zechariah, Zechariah seven twelve. I want you to see what it says here. We can choose to be disobedient. We absolutely can. That's something that we choose to do. We have to make a decision to be obedient because our flesh, our fleshly nature, remember I said earlier, our fleshly nature will take us to a place where we don't want to be obedient. But understand something. You're going against God's truth when you're disobedient. You're sinning. Zechariah 7.12 says, They made their hearts diamond hard. 
lest they should hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Diamond hard. Now, I had not seen that reference before. Um, Ms., uh, my bride put up uh, that they made their hearts as hard as stone. Well, diamond hard is, is pretty hard, isn't it? And that's the reference that there must be some word there uh, that's being referred to uh, in the original Hebrew that uh, conveys the hardness is so hard that, you know, eventually you can break a rock too. But a diamond, you can't really break that. That's pretty, that's pretty tough. But that's how hardened their hearts were that they didn't want to be obedient to the God's word. And so there it says, says, therefore, great anger came from the Lord of hosts because their hearts were so hardened, their hearts were so hardened, say that three times fast, that they've just chose to be disobedient. You make a choice to be disobedient. You make a choice to not follow the Lord. And that's what we need to understand. But there's a consequence behind that when you do that. Okay. So now let's look at the nature of Scripture. The nature of Scripture, this is going to take us through to the end of the the study here. Uh, And we're looking at Old Testament passages here. First of all, the nature of a Scripture is effectual. Effectual. That's a word that uh, E-F-F-E-C-T-U-A-L, effectual. It has an effect on us. That's what Scripture is supposed to do. It's supposed to have an effect on us. It's effectual. And the word, uh, the passage to look at here is Isaiah 55, 11. Back to Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11. This is a way to look at what does Scripture do for us? Why is, why is this thing about biblical inerrancy so important? It's supposed to have an effect on us, isn't it? That's what we need to recognize. Isaiah 55:11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Who is the one speaking here? It's God who's speaking here. My word that goes that be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Let me give you some advice here. When I say effectual, that means that the way that the Lord speaks about his word, that's how we are to approach it as well, too. Whatever comes out of our mouth, it should be right in tune with what God would have us to do and be, uh, what he would have us to say, and what he would have us to accomplish for his purpose and his glory because his word will not fall to the floor it will always be out there that the spirit will convey his truth to others that has to have an impact on us it has to have an effect on us his word indeed one thing that i've said uh, a few times is that god is not going to uh, disappoint or deny the believer uh, of his wisdom and truth. If you're seeking him, he's going to give it to you. And he is going to indeed uh, help you along with that. And when it comes to the Psalm 37, 4 thing about fulfilling the desires of your heart, God will not deny that for you if you are truly being obedient to him. And I just want to challenge everybody that we have a God who indeed responds and we've seen him answer prayer many times. And we've seen him answer prayer. And I can't get into all of the uh, individuals or people who have had to deal with suffering or deal with cancer or deal with illness 
And yet God is greater than all of those things that have taken place as well, too. It gives us a call to make sure that we are praying to God for healing. And it's effectual in the respect that God indeed does heal and he has healed. Now, we recognize, too, that he also provides us the most important healing, which is not physical, it's spiritual healing. The healing of our very souls, the very, our very nature, the things that we go through, we recognize it is indeed effectual. It's also eternal. Eternal. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. That's Isaiah 48. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Isaiah has a lot of beautiful passages in it. Um, if you if you just go through it, I know it's it's a lot of chapters, but... Uh, it has great content for us to understand. Do you treat the Bible as the guide for your life? Well, that's exactly what it is. It's The next point is the guide for life. The word, the nature of Scripture is it's our guide for life. Um, turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. In our effort to look at the topic of biblical inerrancy, we need to see how... This Bible that we read and that we study and we look at has content that is indeed the guide for our lives. We recognize that for what it is. Psalm 119, verse 5, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. 105. 105. Sorry about that. Psalm 119, 105. And why do, we, why do you think the Lord is giving us a reference to lamp to our feet and light to our path? Well, in order for us to be able to see in a very dark world, guess what we need? Uh, it's, a, it's a figure of speech, but we need a light to guide the way. If it's dark outside, for example, and you're walking outside and there's no lights anywhere, no street lights, no nothing, guess what you really need to have? A flashlight. A flashlight to help you see where you're going, help you look. You can't look. You can't use a flashlight in the darkness to look straight ahead because that doesn't give you everything. You have to kind of shine it downward towards your feet so that you can see where you're walking. And that's pretty important, isn't it? You need to know where your feet are going. And so it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. The light shines further in front of you so that you can see where you're going. There's a lot of logic here that we have but we understand exactly what it means when we talk about having a light the word of god is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path amen um infallible the nature of scripture is infallible um verse uh, go to numbers 23 numbers 23 verse 19 Numbers 23, verse 19. And let's see what it says here. The word of the God is infallible. Infallible. God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. God is not a man that he should lie. Remember I asked the question about, you know, what about this thing about God lying? He's not a man. He's God. We men and women lie all the time. 
But that's because of the flesh. And remember, when we talk about God's character, he is not a man. He does not lie. He would not lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Amen. We look forward to the fact that God's going to fulfill all of his word through prophecy as we see how time goes on. A lot of prophecy has already been fulfilled, like the return of the people to Israel and Israel becoming a country in 1948. That's a fulfillment of prophecy that has happened in 1948. And these things historically will happen and they will be recorded and people will record these things and we'll see those things. And ultimately what it comes down to is that his word is going to, no words are going to fall to the floor. All of his word is truth and, and everything that's prophesied will come true. That hasn't already come true. And I'll just give you Psalm 19.9. Uh, the ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. That's Psalm 19.9 as well too. Okay, next. Completely true, inerrant. The nature of Scripture is completely true. Um, these are all in the Psalms. Uh, I'm not going to give you all of them. There's Psalm 119, 142, 151. They're all in Psalm 119. I'll give you one of them. Um, Psalm 119, 142. Go ahead and turn to that. But if you read all of Psalm 119, you're going to see um, in the different passages there that God is speaking truth and, is tr and, and there is truth in his word. It says in Psalm 119, 142, your righteousness is everlasting and your law is true. Well, what's the law? It's everything that we, we see in Scripture. Everything that's written is rooted back to the law. It's the law that God has proclaimed. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. The law is true. And, you know, the, the other passages that I was referring to, it says about your commands being true, your righteous laws are eternal. God's word is eternal. It is everlasting. And that is just, it's mind-boggling, but yet there it is. It's right there before us. And the God's word, he is saying that these things are true. The nature of scripture is that it is perfect. It's perfect. That's the next thing. Go to Psalm 19.7. Psalm 19, verse 7. In an imperfect world, we need to look to God's word for perfection. Our perfection is not in anything that we do. Uh, it is really the spirit that makes us, frankly, uh, helps us to achieve whatever we're trying to, to put forth. Um, and he is using imperfect people to accomplish his uh, goal to reach people for Jesus Christ. That's We're imperfect. But his law is perfect. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise, making wise the simple. Making wise the simple. And that's the thing we need to see here. The Lord has a way of breaking things down for us in his perfection, in his character, that we can understand the truth that he conveys to us. We understand that truth because of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can really understand it. And he gives us this indwelling Holy Spirit to understand it. Now, remember the prophets before they were speaking, they relied upon the Spirit, but the Spirit was giving them wisdom and knowledge by 
either what, alighting on them or, or just being present. And that's what we need to understand here. We have the indwelling, we have the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit to help us to recognize the truth of God. In John seventeen seventeen, Jesus says, your word is truth. Your word is truth. I wanted to check something there really quick. John seventeen seventeen. It's just one verse. It says, one verse, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That's what Jesus said during his time of prayer uh, with the Lord. And he, and he was communing with the Lord and having a conversation uh, about who God is and, and that indeed his word is truth. And that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And that he was going to, he was in preparation for going to the cross. And he was praying, even in the midst of all of that, he was praying for others. He was praying for the very people that God had given into Jesus' hand. The word, a nature of scripture, is powerful. Powerful. Uh, Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. You're gonna love this passage if you don't remember it. Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. This is a great verse. Jeremiah, of course, Jeremiah was a prophet. Jeremiah gets the word from God. Says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Amen. Um, it is a powerful word. And we need to recognize that his word is powerful. When we talk about breaking through strongholds, that's the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that, breaking a rock through pieces into pieces. The word breaks through strongholds. What strongholds are we referring to? The strongholds that Satan puts up. The strongholds of things. We've been praying for people for years and years to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And what does the word eventually do? It breaks through a stronghold. It breaks that rock into pieces. It breaks apart whatever is, is holding that person back from accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you never stop praying for people that you know that don't know the Lord. Because the word is truth. And the word makes sure that his truth is fulfilled because he is giving you this information. He's telling you. Keep praying for these people. Pray for individuals who need prayer. Don't stop praying. The word will break through those strongholds. God's word, the nature of scripture, is the source of wisdom. Go to Psalm 119, verse 130. A lot of time in Psalm 119, that might be a good homework assignment. Now, there's a lot of verses in Psalm 119, amen? Um, but it's, it's, not a, it's not a slow read. It's a fast read if you go through it. But Psalm 119, one, verse 130. I don't know if I said that or not. Psalm 119, verse 130. I had to get there myself. The source of wisdom. We, we know this because in the Psalms it talks about how um, God is the source of wisdom and knowledge. And those are things that we should be embracing. Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Sometimes it's great to use the word pictures that are, are taking place here. When you unfold something, what is being, is being revealed? There's a revealing that's taking place. And it gives light. It gives you light. It, it lightens you up. It gives you information that helps you to be able to give understanding to those things that are very complex and it breaks it down and it helps you through those situations. 
Um, the word is trustworthy. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. That's from Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6. I'll let, give that to my bride to record that. Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6. God's telling you, don't mess around with his word. Don't add to his word. Now, I say this with all due respect to everybody out there who uh, gets involved and, and, and maybe they're doing Bible studies, maybe they're preaching or whatever it is, but God calls you just to preach his word. Just speak, speak truth about his word. He did the same thing to Jonah. Just go preach my word. He was just telling you, go preach the word to, to Nineveh. Um, and don't add anything to it. Just preach it. Just preach the word. No need to embellish it. No need to get over, go overboard with it. No need to add things to it because that's not going to put you, that's not going to give you brownie points with God because you're trying to be a great orator and say things. He just wants you to teach his word. He wants you to preach his word. That's all he wants you to do. Um, unchanging. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. That's Psalm 119. There it is again. Psalm 119, verse 89. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. It's an unchanging word. When I say it's eternal, that means it's unchanging. Eternal means it can't change. If it's eternal, it can't be a changing word. That's why I said the Lord is amazingly consistent. He was is make sure that his word stands and it stands forever. Um, Psalm 119, verse 89. And finally, unbreakable. I love that, unbreakable. Go to John chapter 10, and then we'll close out with this. John chapter 10, verse 35. Now, if you in the context of what Jesus is saying here, and I just remember reading this um, this morning because this is when John was being uh, early on. Uh, this, there's this talk about being the sheep, okay, in John chapter 10, but further down, uh, leading the sheep, where he's the he's the person who's the day, who's the door, the gate, and the sheep follow because they recognize his voice. Do you recognize God's voice, right? So down 35, there are people always challenging him and asking questions about, uh, is he indeed the Messiah? Is he indeed the one? Uh, they, they get mad at him because he's blaspheming, supposedly. So he, in John 10, 35, he says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken, that's what he's saying. Scripture can't be broken. It, it you know you, you don't want to get into that conversation with Jesus about, what does scripture say? What does the word say? He goes back to the word, the very word that these people who are questioning him were talking about. Scripture cannot be broken. And that's the word that we end on. We recognize that this Bible is indeed truth. And we looked at a bunch of passages in the Old Testament and a few in the New Testament to uh, proclaim this truth. May you, as you do your studies and as you look at God's word, recognize that what you're reading is indeed truth. And sometimes that's a hard truth for some of us, isn't it? It's a hard truth where some of us need to just get down on our knees and ask for God to forgive us because we have been anything but being holy as he calls us to be holy. We're being exactly the opposite. 
I pray that you recognize this for what it really is. And God still loves you, of course. You don't need to uh, get into a discussion about, you know, does God love me? Of course he loves you. He loves you. He created you. He made you. He wants you to go forth. But he wants you to go forth with the understanding of truth that his word is inerrant. His word is true. These are words to live by. They are the source of wisdom. And they indeed are trustworthy. They are eternal. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your loving kindness and for your teaching this morning. We thank you for how your words encourage us. Lord, may we even go back to Psalm 119 and look at what it says about your truth and your word. The declaration that you've made about who you are and what you mean to us. We thank you for creating us. We thank you for bringing us to a place where we can live for you. And Lord, we want to honor you in everything that we do because your word is indeed truth. We want you to receive the glory, Father, in all that we do because you deserve the glory for everything that has taken place. Lord, we want to continue to convey the importance of people trusting in you, uh, trusting in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. May we go forth with that knowledge and understanding. Lord, may we be patient with us as we continue to live in such a manner where we try to live your word out loud and before others. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us that responsibility. And we thank you for loving us all the way through. We give you praise and thanks, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for riding with me through this study. This is a great study, and I pray, Lord, that you just continue to uh, just keep looking directly to the Lord and his word, staying focused on what his word has to say. We're going to break now, and we will get back with you again next week for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. Stay tuned online for Pastor Gus's message, the first in the series on the rapture. Talking about these end times, everybody. It's very important for us to focus on God's word as we move forward. Amen. You guys take care of yourselves, and we will see you all next time.